One of the things I was thinking about with this, uh, when it comes to fixing a car accident situation, they don't have a right to tell people what to do inside of their property. But if somebody gets harmed, they hold them responsible for what it is that they did that was harmful, right? Mm -hmm. So then to have the government say, well, we can't control what you do inside your vehicle. But if you're careless, we'll judge what your carelessness was and then make you pay restitution. Thank you. Um, as we would with something like a thief or ox goring situation, right? And say, okay, that's what we're going to do. And then hike up those type of things and watch people become more conscious of their neighbor. So, so for instance, the people who carry guns in America are some of the most civil people in America because of their responsibility. They have the ability to literally take someone else's life. They break less laws than police officers. Mm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And so, Having that civilian be responsible and think through the process of what it means to, to be a true citizen, to carry that type of power with them, they think through things, they um, de-escalate situations more than anybody else, they're just completely responsible. And so to say, because they know the punishment on the other side if they make a mistake with that, and they're like, I don't want to deal with that, let me work within my responsibility. And sometimes people with guns would be the first ones to be like, I don't mind being punked, I ain't worried about my pride being all pumped up, I'm going to step back and be like, alright man, you got it. Take it, go. I think if the government punished the crime or made people pay restitution, it would actually re reduce the amount of recklessness inside of society. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, you're right. Because I think when, when you only do preventative justice, which is what they're doing, they're trying, they want to fight over seatbelts and speed limits or whatever. When you only do preventative justice, um, yeah, you take the responsibility away from people yeah. and that allows them then to be more irresponsible. Yeah, exactly. But if, but if you actually... Which is why the deaths but, didn't go down. <laughs> right. When you practice punitive justice and you actually um, give biblical penalties to actual carelessness or crimes, uh, then that emphasizes personal responsibility. Mm. And responsibility in general is what makes people actually more careful, more thoughtful, because they know this is on me. We think the other way around That's about right. this at That's the right. end of the day. Yeah. Nate, how you doing, man? I'm living the dream. <laughs> Warriors tending gardens, Nate Spearing. Uh, would you tell, tilt your camera down a little bit for us? Yeah. Uh, Just put your head right at the top some of expert. that. Yeah. Expert advice from the Carter. Is it a possibility to slide the screen over just a touch? Because like the camera's like right in his face. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we, there we go. Now I can see his beautiful now, face. Now my camera. Now you can't see. It's, it's okay. All right. It's all right. So, I, can, I can see. I, I do this. So Nate, there, so, you can slide it back a little bit further, Carter, if you want. There you go. How's um, that? All right, that's good. Cool. We can Nate, all see you, Nate. This is backstage. This is backstage. Nate Spearing, what is backstage? And, and on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, and on YouTube. What, hi, by the way. Hi, YouTubers. We don't normally drop this on YouTube because, yeah, this is for club members. But if you want to be a club member and not support Fox because we just yeah. did a whole show on why you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you well, because should YouTube up. and Fox are just alike. They hate their audiences. Oh, Gabe, you're so. Yeah. Okay, maybe just, you do. Just when you trace the money back, it goes to the same spot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, all well, right. Okay. Not over here, it don't. So <laughs> that's one reason to become a Fight Left Feast Club. Talking about Fox and YouTube. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I got you. So, Nate, I don't even know how to introduce you because you do stuff. And, well, you. Are you special forces? You've done things that I haven't done. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. How would you introduce yourself? You have a podcast. Yeah. We've done some training with you on Warriors Tending Gardens at the Fight Laugh Feast Conference in South Dakota. Would you tell us just quickly who you are and what you do? 
So, uh, Nate Spearing, Nathan, as my mama calls me. Um, and, uh, I did 14 years in the army and special operations, um, Ranger and other things after that. Let's not give Gabe the mic. You know, he always, he always messes that one up. Right. right Gabe. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and got out because I have five kids and initially started construction company, do some real estate. We're now doing farming because of, we actually got on the, the farming train about a year ago, maybe slightly before all the stuff that's happening with food because of uh, reading Rory Groves and durable trades. So we went pretty hardcore on farming hmm. and local community. I just, I was gone too much. I was deployed. I went uh, 12 combat deployments and just wanted to be a present. You were in the Air Force? Air Force. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was a rescue swimmer yeah. uh, in the Coast Guard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is why you're qualified to be here. So then I, yeah. this morning you sent me to your, your podcast and I was like, bro, great podcast. You did a really good job, but it, you left just like this, this taste in my mouth for so much more uh, because you have what, five years, particularly of trained experience in rescuing hostages. Yes. Yeah. I, I, the later part of my career, that was kind of my, my primary focus was, was uh you know high value targets but also hostage rescue missions and i i i think i spoke about on the episode that and i say it often any anybody can be trained to shoot a gun on the flat range and you have steel you have paper targets and the conditions are kind of fixed and set but when it becomes a two-way firing range and then when you in, introduce non-threat targets or hostages oh, and yeah. innocent buying standards, that's the most complex yeah. about in the podcast that I dropped today, life on target podcast. I don't believe you actually said I did a good job. You just launched right into the critique, which is, <laughs> which is really, which is really actually why I like you. We don't have to. And that's how it was actually in the military. We talk about all the time. We don't need to talk about what we did. Good. We're, we're focusing that's on funny. how do we get better? How do we, how do we, and, and so I'm actually excited because you brought some really valid critiques and in, in some ways, uh, I, I have a, a hard time envisioning and, and even just talking about what do we tell the average guy? How do we talk about the police officers and the way they responded and things? And so I'm, I'm looking forward to the discussion, but specifically when you get into a hostage situation, when you get into a situation like school shootings or like church shootings or, you know, violent guys in the parking lot, cause ex-girlfriend, whatever there's, there's just, it's, it's a level of dynamic variables that just require a huge amount of training and, and is really hard to get the reps in to be confident to do that well. So, um, uh, let me, let me repeat a little bit here to make sure I got it right. So you were a hostage negotiator for the coast guard. Mm-hmm. And exactly. uh, is would Knox be a high value um, target that you would you would uh, extract? <laughs> it really it really actually depends on the week <laughs> because he, you never know which kind of associates he's going to have in a given week. Who he's who he's getting into? Whether he's he's going behind the scenes and trying to uncover some stuff in the church. You never know. <laughs> hey, he's not wrong. Not wrong. If the SBC comes after me, you better come get me. That's all I'm saying. That's, I feel like the way that, that Dave has been going after people, 
it's going to be rescuing him from uh, from people that that hang hang have Christian on their name tag, but are are too scared to speak. Well, we got we got spearing, you know, got our back, you know. Well, here, they, I want to work through this yeah. because you talked about the timeline in your podcast, but could you walk through kind of the timeline? And then walk through what they did versus probably what you would do. I want to bring your tactical experience into this. And I want you to kind of break it down. Because when we were texting, I'm going I'm to read some of your texts. I'm just going to let Uh-oh. you know right now. <laughs> because <laughs> because you were very gracious to say, all right, listen. When people are in a shooting situation, everybody's good shooting one way. But when they got bullets flying at them, right. there's chemicals that kick in their body. They don't operate the same way. And, and their muscles are all flab. They don't have it. There's something else that has it going because they don't get the reps in. Can you walk mm-hmm. us through, Uvalde, and then kind of what they did versus what you would have done in that situation. Yeah. I, um, I guess one of the things we talked about via text that may be worth worth saying is we don't know the details, uh, like the final results of everything that happened yeah. hasn't come out yet. So what I, I don't have any particular access to anything that, that on this, I just basically searched the exact search I started out with uh, when I was prepping for my podcast episode was Uvalde, Texas shooting timeline, I think is what I typed in yeah. right. yep. because the, the news outlets will put out kind of uh, this is what we know yep. blow by blow. Yep. And, and then I pulled up, so I have, you know, two screens in here and my, I do construction. So I got estimates of things. I had two screens up and I put the Google earth street view up. I dropped the guy down. I took the timeline. They had the overlay in the timeline of, of the satellite imagery. And I just, I wanted to get on the ground Yeah. and I just started going through the timeline and what happened and then moving the, the guy as best as I could to kind of see what's the terrain this guy went through, how, what's the situation and that's just scary. to try to embody. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's technology nowadays, you know? Sure. Um, and I was just trying to recreate what's, what does the terrain look like? What were the, what were they trying to contend with? And you know, what, what the one timeline I read was he crashed uh, into uh, a ditch or a culvert in his, his grandma's car. This guy actually, was violent towards his grandmother and it seemed like she was shot she her in the face he shot her she, in the face. she called yeah he shot her in the face took yep. her car mm-hmm. crashed it into the the culvert you can actually see it on on google earth um street view it's like one of those drainage ditch he got out of the car there's a it looks about to be a six foot uh chain link fence kind of at that point he goes over the fence well before that walks. he shot it he shot at two people walking towards him Correct. That there, there's come a help funeral him. home, yep. funeral home across the street. Two yep. men is what it says. Yep. Shot at them. Mm-hmm. They run away and call the cops. Yep. Okay. So conditions are set right there. Mm. There's two men. And I think, you know, one of the things that we, where we live in a comfortable society, one of the biggest problems we have is we have uh, deputized authority that we have or we've given the government authority we have so to we protect us so we don't we don't take that authority when we see two men these two men ran away they wouldn't um, call the cops yeah because ultimately um what what's happened is is we got in this this good. global economy and all of us are walking uh, most of us in america a lot of people in america are walking through thinking that's the cop's job mm-hmm. that is wow, the politician's job That is someone, but those of us that live in community, that live in church, that have authority, have a pastor, have a session, have other brothers walking with us, know that, that we are all responsible for each other. Wow, Nate. 
That's for how good. we how we treat each other in yeah. how we treat our wives, how we treat our kids, and and those of us that have submitted to godly authority in all areas of our life, submitted to our session, submitted to um and and that you you know uh David about sphere sovereignty and and where there's there's overlap there's things that obviously the government is is good at doing um yeah, so yeah. i also know today, i also yeah, know about I, sphere sovereignty yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but you, you know, know I, you're making a point Nate, that i hadn't thought about yeah. at that time which is like you know I, i'm carrying right now i walk around there's no way that he would have started shooting at me and we don't have a situation right there yeah yeah you know you're making a very valid point yeah. right there that uh-huh. this could have ended right there in that right situation, well, it could have you, ended. you think about the situation. If you look at the ground, it is is desert. Hmm. There's there's nothing between you and the target. There's no kids. Yeah. There's no car. Man, it's open man. terrain. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. And and so he so that's that's that's, that's one, one minute after the crash, and yeah. they're going and they, what they're going over they're like oh shoot a crash they're going to go help. So these people uh, wanted have, to help. Have what it takes in, in a narrow sliver of, of his, oh man, this guy crashed. Let's go help him. Oh shoot, he's got a gun. Right. Uh, that, that just got escalated outside my authority. I'm going to call 911 and I'm out, mm. you know? And, and then it, it, the timeline says there's a police officer there at the school that actually, he goes, the, the shooter goes over a fence, starts walking through the parking lot. So um, at school day, obviously, probably pretty full, more full than maybe what the Google Earth has on there packed full government never provides enough parking anywhere mm-hmm. so cars probably everywhere he jumps the fence and is going through the parking lot and the police officer that's there either i don't know if he works at the school or not yeah. is actually responding because he gets the call but he Whoa. goes after a teacher um that he mistakes so what what the, what the timeline says is presumably he went past the shooter and then he enters the uh the back door of the school so that's about all you I can see the terrain wise. But anyway, we have so essentially there's a teacher in the parking lot. Maybe that guy doesn't know. Maybe that's a it's a it's a woman. Or, but essentially we have four by the timeline, four individuals that have been in the vicinity of what's going on. And even um, if like I, I'm not even saying that those two funeral home guys could have. Uh, should have been should everyone should be carrying and they should blast them right there because it's it's not as simple as that but even if they're if they if they probably ran inside didn't have eyes on the guy anymore because and and that's i feel like um it's just like you we talked about a little bit that being uh shot at people say being shot at and and a lot of times they just mean i mean i would like to think that he shoots the gun but no way this guy decisively engaged him none of them got hit um, and the shot at is in my book is like, like bullets are like this far from your face. That yeah, shot at, yeah. like, it, you know, shot guns going off around you. There's a lot of soldiers that are back. Like, well, we got shot because we were driving convoy and we heard some rounds skip off or whatever. It's like decisively engaged, accurately engaged and they, being hit by this guy. Yeah, and, so, and they just fled. So at least the, the website I'm looking at, uh, Texas Tribune.org that has this timeline, it did say that the police officers um, rushed to the door that the gunman used, um, which is closed. They enter and receive grazing wounds from the gunman and retreat. So, yeah, so, that's, does, so that's, that's, that's farther down. You're, you're farther moving ahead. Oh, okay, okay. He's not there Sorry. yet. Keep, keep going, Nate. Keep going. I, wanna, I want you to push this. So I think I feel like, um, you know, one of the things is be, okay, um, 
this guy's probably a little ways away shooting at you. And obviously for it's, it's going to immediately, you're going to get that, that chemical cocktail. I, I talk about it some in, um, I think mental toughness. I did a podcast about, we, we all operate at a homeostasis. God has, has, has knit together an amazing human body that's regulating all these different things continuously. And we all kind of have an, a normal operating heart rate, pH, you know, our adrenaline, there's fight or flight that kicks in. There's all these things. And it's, it's, so they've immediately probably are experiencing a chemical cocktail. They've never yeah. experienced in their life. They just got shot at. Yep. They just got shot at. Never, never occurred to them that this was going to be, they woke up that morning. I'll probably get shot at in the funeral home parking lot today. Now, like, right. um, but one of the things you talked about, David is, is as, as leaders and as Christian men, we have to think about the fact that we're, I mean, there's a spiritual war going on all the time and yeah. we just don't even acknowledge that. So that's, that's one layer. The other layer is there's a real physical threats mm -hmm. to our family, to our churches, to our, our, our schools. And a lot of people, and this is, I mean, you guys have seen that quadrant of, of soft men, you know, bring hard times, make, make hard men bring soft time like that, that, yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. We're sure. in soft times. We have soft men. They brought the soft times. Everybody's going around thinking this is not going to happen to me. It's never going to be a thing. <laughs> and, and nobody, and that's one thing I feel like my background has done for me is I am very rarely not thinking about what if, um, it's, it's changed the way I think I've seen how nasty man can be apart from the savior. I've seen the eternal capacity for, for destruction that is in the heart of man, not given to good, given to evil. And I've seen it happen. And so I look at, I, I look at man in his natural state, his unsaved state through realistic eyes. I've, I've, I've interacted with suicide bombers. I've had rounds go right by my face. You know, you see what, false religion does to entire civilizations and societies and, and how women are oppressed and things like that. So it just changed my optic. Now that being said, I'm a Christian and I, I, I know that my days are numbered. I cannot worry and add a single breath to my lifespan. None of us can do that. But in a sense that just should give us confidence to go around. What have you equipped me to do today? But we don't think about death we saw what happened with, look at all the church leaders that, that went and hid for two years mm -hmm. because of the flu. They got, they got yeah. shot at, they got shot, shot they at. Got shot at. They got, I mean, yeah. And, and it's, it is, that is, that showed our societies and, and it showed that by and large, the church is no different than the world. We're not thinking about what our death we're, we're scared of it. And we're trying to do whatever we can to add a little bit to it yeah. instead of saying, what was I put here for? What is my mission in life? What has God specifically equipped me to do? And then I'm going to do that boldly. And, and if, and like I said to you, I think in the text, like, am I going to get bullet holes in me? Am I going to, am I going to live till I'm 85? I don't know, but one armed thing I'm or not, not gonna, I'm not going to be a coward or not. That dude is, that dude is going down. Yeah. I mean, well, I, that being said, that doesn't mean that in the funeral home, you don't set the conditions a little bit better. Like, I mean, go back around the, sure. around the corner, 
You got a brick building there. Hey, we're going to go back around. Hey, there's two of us. Hey, go call 911. I'm going to keep eyes on him. Hey, he just went in that parking lot. This police officer comes down the street. Hey, red shirt. He's right there. I saw him. He's got the gun. Like before he's even in the school, directing the cops to it, you know, whatever. Just a little bit more risk yeah, that's- for yourself to vector the guy yeah. that's ready. That being said, that police officer on call that gets that, I guarantee you he hit a cocktail level as well. That call comes across. He's like, Oh my goodness. You know, (laughs) I hope there's some more people around here. You know, I mean, and that's not to knock the guy. Reality is you don't, I mean, in today's day and age as a cop, you, uh, you should be on the beat out of school expecting to protect some kids. Yeah. Mentally, Physically and spiritually, you need to be ready for that. So Pastor Toby um, had to go do do pastor stuff, but I want to I want to keep oh, yeah. going for a minute here before before you have to leave. Okay, so get, we're at the school now. The police officer just drove by. He had his cocktail. He's at least somewhat ready to engage because he goes after a teacher, thinking that it's the bad guy. Keep going from mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So the guy apparently in that that passing ships passing kind of thing goes in the in the door. And, and I think that I, I should have the timeline of, I looked at that same one, the, the Tribune timeline, but okay. there's a, a lot of rounds, uh, exchanged after he goes in. Um, I, I can't I'm see if you can pull it up. I think it's over a over hundred, hundred rounds when he gets in, but there's also, he was apparently shooting at the school building as he's walking in. Right. And, so, and yeah. so, and the officer, but, but to me, the, but to me, what made me think of this is all the chances that everyone had to act on this. I mean, the cops mm-hmm. had already been called twice by the time he got over the fence. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then a teacher called the cops from in the building as he's walking and, up. And I want to be, I want to say though, I understand that the time period of when the cops can show up and all that, I, I want to I'm not even blaming the cops. Yeah, I'm yeah. blaming like the two guys that went and called the cops. Yeah. And then the teacher who called the cops from in the school building and I'm, then doesn't like alert. Well, and, and, and we talked about it, I think at the Warriors Tending Garden training, there's these gates that you go through. Yep. It doesn't, you don't have this tragedy in this, this shooting without a number of things going wrong. And, Mm. and we have to go way back to this particular guy's childhood. It was his father present. You know, what is his, I mean, you, you can look at the social media posts and, and you don't see a joyful young man I you think, see somebody that's deeply troubled and that hasn't got the training the admonition the nurturing that yeah. is due to a young man and it so i mean we go back that far even yeah, leading that's up you, to that point you, you did such a great job with that i thought in your podcast really going after that so i i did think it was good but you know I, we have a certain relationship so i'm gonna talk to you a little different than i'm just because yeah. i know you're you know you're getting the reps in for sure but you definitely went through all that and made a very good case for we there's a failure of this young child way before we ever get to this that there's a gate there how about that there's a gate that started in the home that was that we didn't protect well, but there is this, uh, there's, so we're past those gates and that gate has bled all the way out into society. Now he he gets inside the school, the officers there, you know, I think the the main thing I want to kind of get at Nate and I, I asked you, okay, so we can see the breakdown. Parents show up. You know, the police are, are there. What, what was the timeline? That was 1140. Um, 
when when what happens so we got eleven thirty five, i believe the first call was and then after that when he gets no, inside, the first call was grandma the second okay. call was like 11 um 33 yeah you might be close for the yeah, second yeah. call yeah yeah so i want to get to the point where you got this person inside you have police there on the site I want to get to your top down, your top bird's eye view, all the way to the ground view, because I think that there's some different, there's a communication level that's there that that it seemed like it was broken from what was going on inside. Because even, who, who was the guy who was in charge? Did you pull up that article? Yeah, the uh, the officer The officer that was in charge at the time that made the call said that he didn't know that he was in charge. Let me see what mm. And so... You know, yeah, and that's the that's the side of things too. Is that there is a certain type of personality, and and this is is also put into and I think is something in police culture. You think about all the body cam and the and the firing of police officers and the the way that we've treated cops makes them risk in some, yeah. in some some ways. They're, they are, they are scared. I mean, think about it. they're providing for their family. They got benefits. They're trying to get that pension. They're in this mindset. It's a job, you know, and it's, it requires a certain type of individual to just be like, I am, I'm willing to risk it all for the sake of another. And, and even just when that may be who you are in, in practice or in, in, in planning of it, but there's also this risk averseness that is, is permeated through organizations, no matter how, I mean, even I'm telling you, even in the most elite sectors of, of DOD, it's how department of defense, am, am I going to get fired for this? You know, is mm-hmm. this going to be something, am I going to cause an international incident? Mm-hmm. Is this going to get, you know, and, and, and always that kind of be in the back of your mind and it requires a different, it requires somebody that has something bigger than themselves. They're committed to that, It requires somebody that's, that is, is willing to take in some ways, the heat of public opinion, the heat of the department or whatever, and say, look, I, I don't know who was in charge. Um, there were kids in there screaming. There's hundreds of rounds going, if I'm going to die, it's going to be it, mm. you know, so, and, 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 and say, I'm not, I didn't know I was in charge. That it literally could be, you know, when in charge, be in charge. And it could have been any guy that says, let's give me somebody. Let's do, you know, and just, and we, and, and the more people, the better in the sense, because you just rush this guy. And I, like I said, in the podcast and to say now that is the worst case scenario, dynamic, close quarters, battle with kids everywhere everybody's tension high this is the most difficult situation imaginable and that literally kind of seems like reading through the lines for me they waited for a border patrol tactical team which seems like hey we got the 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 best that we got around to show up and go you know we're gonna have to go so nate work this out with me real quick let's say that from what i remember from the most recent i can remember and i can so Forgive me if I get this wrong, but the officers started to pursue him because there's more officers there now. They mm-hmm. they take on some heavy fire and they retreat. Um, but then there seems like there's a bunch of officers that started pursuing him again somehow. I don't understand how this is working together. But then they got to a door where he closes himself in and they yell out, hey, he's bar- he's barricaded himself in. And then the, the guy in charge says, hey, um, <laughs> this is a hostage situation. 
But when you hear mm-hmm. rounds still going off in the room, after he's done that, are you waiting mm-hmm. for your command? I mean, you've trained police up. Are you waiting for your commanders? Do you? What do you do? I want to know what Nate Spearing does if he's there. You know, <laughs> what do you do? Well, I mean, we we've actually talked about um, this before in some ways. Like, the, and it it is going to be situation dependent, and I'm not really super familiar with when when something's being said. Hey, it's a hostage situation. I'm, I'm not thinking that that guy is mentally stable and is, is saying, Hey, this is a hostage situation is using this vocabulary. I'm thinking that there's police officers hollering it out. They know the guy's still in there. They know there's a bunch of kids in there. They're saying, Hey, we got a hostage situation. They're identifying because that's what essentially is, is do we switch gears? And when we say we got somebody we're going to negotiate with, he's not going to hurt anybody else. And we're going to talk him off a ledge, you know, like you see the movies, you know, in, in my mind, this is, we're not negotiating with a guy that, that just blazed up the side of a school shot at people in the parking lot, went in and killed a bunch of kids. Like, but that's, that is the lowest level guy on the ground view. And I, I, I can't necessarily speak to how the, the, the techniques and protocols go um, for sure somebody's showing up and, and, and I think I don't mentioned it, but it's, it is easier in, in this situation to, to let all the killing have been done by the bad guy from a, Mm. a percentage and to not have been the guy on the ground that said, go, go, go execute, execute, execute. Oh shoot. We killed two kids, you know? So, cause you think about the headlines right now, they didn't go, they didn't go. Okay. Switch it around. They went in, they're, they're, they're being honest brokers of their skills. They're like, I have never dealt with this before. How do I handle this? I don't want to be the guy that shoots a kid. Okay. Let's get somebody, let's get a negotiate. Like they're, they're working solutions. No doubt they're working solutions. And, and that matrix is super complex with every single person at a chemical level where they've never been before. And in, in some ways, I mean, it's, it's chaos. So I think that that community at the point where, there's dozens and dozens of officers outside. And then there's a live stream on that timeline of a parent that's going up there. There's cops trying to get parents back because parents are getting fanatical. Like my kid's in there. What are we doing? Are you go- just- if you're a parent, are you going in for your kid, Nate? Yes, for sure. No questions. I, I don't, I don't care if, uh, I don't care if it's not my kid. I'm going in mm. and, 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 and I'm not, and that's the thing too, is it's, it would be me kind of looking at the situation. This other thing we had, we've dealt with this tactically before when we're assaulting buildings in Iraq, it took us a little while. Oh, they know we're coming in the door. You know, let's not go in the door. Let's go in the window. Let's blow a hole in the wall. Let's do that. Like mm. it, it even took elite organizations mm. a while to figure out you go a different way. <laughs> you come into the, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm looking at the situation. I'm taking, I'm stepping back and I'm looking at kind of where everybody is and, and, and I'm, I'm finding a back way and I'm moving pretty slow. Like at the point that it's kind of dim, diminished down, it's not like right at the breach. Cause at the same time, I think I said it in the podcast, violence of action makes up for a lot of failed tactics, just executing fast immediately mm. taking the initiative surprise speed surprise mm. violence of action 
it's it's that is and so the longer that the guy is in there and he's setting up and he's moving furniture around he's killing more kids he's losing like you lost the initiative you know like you and and that being said like those three cops pulling back out they could all been dead maybe you know whatever i like maybe they were able to vector say hey this is the door and this is there there were some advantages to having not all three guys dead but at the same time i'm probably not going if i went in that door this is me i went in that door i get blasted okay i'm stepping back window left window right okay i'm going in the i'm going in the classroom window one one classroom over i'm moving to the door i'm shooting the guy in the back of the head because and and i'm maybe even hey kick that door and they making some noise he's you know keep him and i'm going around because that's just that's how it's battle drill one alpha base of fire flanking maneuver and that's just what you do. So once, you know, have the, have the cops at the door. Hey, I'm, I'm maneuver Elma. I'm going around. And cause one guy can't defend all axis axis approach. He can't be down the hallway, this thing, whatever. That's, so it's that simple maneuvers crazy that those cops didn't do that. Even if they would have just let left one cop kind of at that door, it would have kept yep. his attention right well, there. That is, I mean, that's and principles flanking. of yeah. patrolling and cops don't do that. I mean, it's not, that's, as as a young ranger, I was doing that uh, with rubber duck, you know, weapons, hundreds of times a month with the team, and and that because that was the the building block, base of fire maneuver, base of fire maneuver, base of fire maneuver, and and so that's that may not even be trained, you know. Like I think that yeah. it's it, the more that we drill down into the the and the reality is you, we cannot give the amount of training required for hostage rescue yeah. to every cop. Yeah, but they're getting social impossible. justice training. Yeah, facts. Oh, yeah, sure. you know? Facts. So, so <laughs> Nate, sure. something that I, you know, I at that moment in time, you know, I've had to think about a couple different situations. And when I think about these situations, for instance, I think about the George Floyd situation where I'm seeing them choke this guy. He's they got this knee on his neck. He might, I don't mm-hmm. care what he's done. He might be absolute guilty. I want you to be paying attention to how you're handling the situation. So I'm thinking about how mm-hmm. do I engage the officers in a way that gets them to accomplish their goal and allows him to still remain alive, right? They can have mm-hmm. a court fight about what was right and wrong later. But okay, so I, I want to think about that. I also want to think about this situation. But when I think about the George Floyd situation, I I think from top to bottom, the situation, and then I think about things that I should be doing now that make me a type of hardened, um, have a hardened approach to it so that the reflexes start happening. So I do certain things just like when I'm dry firing, I I create situations or like you did when you were training us, go run, you know, like get your your tip up. And so what are the things that you think that we can do? The average person around, the guy who carries his gun, who thinks he does a, a good job, you know, um, doing his dry firing and us. What can we do, basic things that get us to the points that we can have um, a certain type of mentality? Because I think the mentality is more, if I would, if I would, if, I, if you're there, you're going to have to make the decision. And I think you've already made this. If I go in here and I die, somebody's going to be with him, grab the shot, right? Like if, if, mm-hmm. I, if I'm taking the first fire, cool, I'll breach the door. You make sure you kill him, right? Like whatever mm-hmm. the case is, we're not backing up. We're, we're, we're attacking. And so you have, to, mm-hmm. you have to have something that builds you like that. And I have mm-hmm. all the theological worldview. I think a lot of people do. But that theology needs to become something that is tangible, not just in our mind. What are principal mm-hmm. things that we can do to help build that type of hardness? 
Yeah, well, we, we, uh, I think the foundation, the theological foundation is a must because there's a lot of people out there that have the tactics, even specifically from my background that don't have the theology. Mm. I mean, they are, they are, you know, the, they are stuck forever in the commando mentality and are having a terrible time. And that's something that we also are going to have to address as a church, those veterans that, that are carrying around the guilt of murder, like we read about in Proverbs or, you know, the guilt of this killing they don't have the framework to, uh, to deal with it. Yeah. So I would way, way rather we got the, the found, we got to start with that theology. Like we talked about in Warrior sending gardens, having being the courteous words or else hard knocks, yep. you know, not being somebody that gets in arguments. That's looking for a fight. That's just, Hey, I'm calm all the way up until it's required. And you're cultivating a meekness and a, a capacity that's restrained by virtue. That being said, as a man, when you come out of the car or you come out of the grocery store, walk into your car at night with your family, if you haven't thought about what if a guy comes out this way, what if a guy comes out this way, what if a guy comes out this way, what if, if you haven't just not every time, not obsessing, not missing what your son's saying to you. Cause he's excited about what y'all got at the store or whatever. Like you're just coming this, this crazy, like can't ever enjoy life that God's given you kind of person but you've thought through in your mind, how am I going to react? Am, am I going to kill a guy that comes out and says, give me your wallet? I'm not. Right. Right. I'm not. Here's my wallet, man. Yeah, hey, take it. Hey, Hey, how you doing? Here you go. Take it. Like what, yeah. if, if it, and the end that we talked about a little bit kind of scenario wise, it's a whole lot different me, myself by myself right. and my family. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm staying calm the whole time. Because as you start to, if you're just right there and like trying to, you know, you're not that great with your concealed draw and you just immediately go to waste the dude, maybe you get hit. So maybe just, just a pause, quick pause, think, breathe. I mean, legitimately training yourself to breathe whenever your kids are irritating you, whether you're maybe about to say something that you shouldn't say to your wife, whether somebody cuts you off in traffic, you can practice getting control of your emotions every single day of your life. That's what the Lord has commanded you to do. So being somebody that knows physiologically breath, that's why I had y'all all go down in the basement and we did a little bit of yoga in a sense. I didn't do is yoga. That, that, yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> I, I did. think I got some photos. I no? breathed, but I didn't do yoga. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. We didn't do yoga. <laughs> it was commando yoga. We were well, learning. Whatever. We were no, learning how to physiologically <clears throat> control your body's response to the stress and it literally taking a second and breathe. Okay. I'm here. I thought about this. The Lord is with me. Amen. Now I blast them. Okay. Whatever. Cause <laughs> no, it, whatever it is, it, it's, 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 you, you don't want to be in a rush to your death. And in that, in this, in some ways, I think that as a Christian, ultimately we have to view this other person as, as a immortal soul. And somebody coming up to me in the parking lot saying, give me your wallet. If I blast that guy, I'm potentially setting up a meeting that guy's not ready for. And that doesn't mean that I don't blast him. And I let all my kids and my wife be subject to his vile behavior. Cause that's that thing about the turn the other cheek and that we got to mix, we mix all that in with our theology and we don't understand that. I don't get to stand by and let somebody. Yeah oppress yeah. the downtrodden that's right because i want to give them a track and lead them to jesus right i don't ha i don't like you've made these choices i'm in a position of leadership 
and yeah. and you have made choices I brought here, and now I have to act as a a man of God that is leading my family, leading my community. I'm sorry if the conditions, but in some sense, at the, at the same time, I mean, just start to pray, even you know, because you know, I believe, um, specifically in these stateside situations. I mean, my plan. In in uh, in the church situation, I'm closing the distance, but I'm shouting out the name of Jesus at the same time. Like as as corny as it sounds, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's Lord is protecting us. Mm-hmm. And the same That's thing. Right. That's where we we don't get to. Uh, we, there's accounts of George Washington, the Indians. Hey, take aim at that guy, kill that guy, and then saying, "Oh shoot, we need to stop shooting that." Something's going on with that man. Taking their jackets off, bullet holes all through it. There's there's so many accounts of men of God in war that cannot be killed, and that's my my motto that I got from Jim Elliot. I'm invincible until God's through with me, and I get a new body later, you know. And so that cultivating that mindset and thinking about that, and really at our heart, in our heart, believing that we what our role is understanding that we get that from the church. We get that from fellowship. We get that from community. And then when we go out into the world, we are image bearers. And in sometimes that image bearing means that you come into these situations with, with God and with a firm understanding of authority and with understanding what's at stake and you execute in a, in a, in a way that the world can't and, and, and being prayerful, from, from now until maybe that hypothetical point, Lord, if this, if you bring me into this situation, prepare me, make my mind, you know I mean? You see yeah. it, Mel Gibson Amen. and the Patriot right behind the tree, Lord, mm-hmm. make me fast and accurate. Yeah. I mean, that is Teach my hands to war, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, Nate, be, and, and, and being ready for it. I, I, I'm going to sum it up with this. You know, I always want easy answers and I want practical things I could do. And I think those are all there, but you know what? One of the things that, I think you said, I think there's two books I want to really, really focus in. The book of Proverbs, because it talks about a man being able to manage his attitude, his tongue, and his temper. Mm. And and it mm. takes somebody who's mature and steady and doesn't rise too high and doesn't go too low and knows how to use anger as much as he knows how to use you know, any other tool or weapon. It's not something mm. that just happens out anywhere. No, you conjure it up for that moment. Anger is not something that you use. That's why you can don't don't be angry and sin. Right. Like use anger for when it's time to use it and then Mm -hmm. shut it off when it's time. So that takes something. I think Proverbs is a good, good place. But also the book on war. Um, I can't remember the title, the author of that book, but on war. You talked about it in your podcast because it talks about the physio- on killing on killing. Thank you on killing yep. because it talks about the physiology and what goes on in your body. And one of the things that was so good to me growing up was my mama talked to me about puberty. So when it happened, mm-hmm. I knew what was going on and I knew how to deal with it and I knew how to fight mm-hmm. it. And I wasn't left there saying, what is going on with my body? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I had awareness of what was going on in my body. So therefore I could act and resist the temptation because my mom had warned me about it. Mm-hmm. Outside of those two things, last word to you, you're, you're, you breathy, you like a preacher. So be sure. Uh-huh. Is there another book that you would recommend outside of those two? Well, I just finished Why Men Fight. Um, or I think it's, let me make sure that I got that, that title, right. Um, it, it was excellent, uh, or last stands why men fight when all hope is lost by Michael Walsh. I think his introduction is phenomenal. Okay. And he talks about 
Um, one of the, the quotes that, that he has in there, a country whose women lose their virtue and whose men lose their nerve. The Soviet Union is a most recent example of this historical truth soon vanishes into history. Mm. When every man is uh, um, a lackey, a slave, and every woman a whore, the country is finished. A land of strong women and weak men is a dead country. And it's, it's, uh, it's not necessarily wholly true of what we're experiencing right now, but I think that, that was a re- it's a really good historical account of men yeah. fighting to protect what they love and to see that historical view of all these times when there was no hope and they fought anyway and, and oftentimes died. And that's, I think the, the hope is not to live a few years longer. The hope is to live, no live in accordance with God's word, live obediently. And so it being prepared and reading these historical accounts of, of what men do and understanding your role and, and being ready for it is essential, uh, especially men in the church these days. Hey, Nate, thanks for joining us, yeah, man. man. This was last minute, and I appreciate yep. you, dude, and appreciate yeah. what you've done for our country. And yeah. you, brother, honestly, I'm not joking. I really did enjoy the podcast, but I knew, I knew you had three or four more gears in you. So oh, I'm, glad to be, uh, <laughs> I'm glad to be sitting down talking with you. It's almost been a year since we've been in person. We're going to have to That's true. We'll fix that soon. Fourth of soon. July? I don't know. Get out of second gear. Get out of second <laughs> gear. That's all. All right. I, I got to go I mean, run. It's hard for us rescue swimmers. You know, we, just, <laughs> you know, we tread water. Speaking of family, I got to go move a house. So yeah. salute to your brother. All right, man. Absolutely. Have a good one. Bye, Nate. Bye. Armored Republic exists to honor Christ the King by providing tools of liberty to free men. New York State just banned body armor. Armored Republic is suing the state of New York in federal court to resist their arrogant war against your God-given rights. Mass shootings are tragic acts of evil that are best resisted by armed citizens and brave watchmen ready to fight back. The main violent threat to human life is not individual criminals, it's tyranny. In the 20th century alone, governments killed 169 million of their own unarmed citizens. Unarmed citizens are the stuff of dreams to tyrants and criminals. The Second Amendment is an acknowledgement of your God-given right to own a rifle and body armor. The 14th Amendment acknowledges the duty of the federal government to stop tyrant states from stealing your God-given rights. Legislators of New York, you are oath-breakers. You proudly steal the rights of your people and oppress them without a second thought. Your law is null and void. It's unconstitutional. It is an offense against God, and there is no king but Christ. This is Armored Republic.